Hello, everyone. It's Wednesday, and this is the Top of the Week podcast, a division of the College Heights Herald and Revolution 91.7 at Western Kentucky University. I'm Laurel Deppin. And I'm Rebecca Alby. Today, we're going to be discussing what might be the biggest story this semester, the mold issue. We at the Herald have been following the process of the mold problem at WKU since September 17th. Now, Minton Hall has been shut down and its residents have been relocated. But the issue is not just in Minton, it's in every dorm, even Hilltopper Hall, which just opened in August. Joining us to discuss the process is Herald Editor-in-Chief Evan Heichelbeck. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. You all had to comb through a lot of records, so how did you even get started? Yeah, so we've written mold stories before, um, but after everything with Minton, we really wanted to know how widespread this issue was. So we combed through over 2,700 maintenance requests from the Public Maintenance Request Database Insight. Um, We printed and organized every request which mentions mold and looked at reoccurring trends. From those, we identified 524 reports of mold, with 473 of those in dorms. The dorm with the highest number of reports was Pierce Ford Tower, which had 111 maintenance requests regarding mold as of Monday. Um, Bemis Lawrence had the second most with 100, followed by Minton with 46. Yeah, so it was really just a big deep dive into all of these pages of requests. Rebecca said we looked through 2,700 reports. We actually looked through about 27,000 reports because it was 10 per page. There was 2,700 pages. And once we found all of the different mold requests, we, we just wanted to break it down by building. Um, and I could probably tell you how much was in each dorm just from looking at it so many times over the last few days, just double-checking, triple-checking. But it really was, uh, we, we knew we were in the middle of a big story once we found just how many reports there were when we weren't even halfway done with it. So um, it, it definitely is an issue that predates this last week's decision for them to relocate all the students to out of Minton Hall Um, and so that's really kind of what we wanted to look at and then we were able to show that with our story. Was there any way that this could have been avoided? I don't know. Uh, We really still aren't sure as to what caused all of this all of this mold in every dorm and most of the buildings across campus. We heard back from WKU spokesperson Bob Skipper today. Uh, He didn't have a concrete explanation for how this all started but that is the next question that everyone wants to know the answer to because like you all mentioned there there were there was mold in Hilltopper Hall there were 14 reports of mold 10 of which reported mold happening in about the same spot which was above the sink area in the bathrooms of each of those dorm rooms in Hilltopper Hall so it's a it's a problem that goes beyond how old the building is it goes beyond how frequently the building is occupied. There were a lot of uh, vacant dorm rooms with mold in them over the summer reported from Rhodes Harlan. So it, it's just a problem in general, flat out, it's a problem. And the next question, like I said, is, is why and how. Sources from the university have said that in the summer and fall season, there are usually increases just because of the weather. Um, but yeah, there's no re- reason really why we've seen so much lately. In that mountain of um, maintenance requests that we at the Herald went through, what were some of the defining traits of a mold issue that you were looking for? So that was probably the hardest part was deciding what we really wanted to look at from each request. So we ended up breaking it down to 
first we had to to verify that there was the word mold or a variation of the word mold was in the request. We didn't we didn't include any that had mildew, wetness, moisture on this part of that part of the room. It had to say mold, and even if it said that it had been cleaned up or some, or addressed by the time the HRL or facilities management people got to it, we we kept that in there because it was still a report of mold. Once we verified that each request had mold a mold related issue we tracked where it where it was in the room whether it was the ceiling slash lights the a lot of them were in the hvac or ac vents and then different parts of the room and then we also were noticing that there were a lot of these requests were completed or closed on september 13th which was really odd to us why were there so many of them all being closed on the same date and some of the requests that were closed on september 13th dated back to 2017 uh, so that was really kind of a big question mark that we had, and we still don't really have the answer as to why they all happened on that day. Bob Skipper did say, the university did say that a lot of the requests on September 13th all came in that day. We're still uh, trying to find out a little bit more information in that regard, but that was another category that we looked at with each request. <coughs> Something something else with the September 13th um, that we found unusual um, was our initial article published September 17th um, kind of focused on one particular student who had tweeted at Caboni and Housing and Residential Life on September September 11th and um, after that we really started paying attention to mold so it kind of makes the September 13th date um, interesting. Yeah, and so once we did that, we, we obviously we counted the totals per dorm, and we also tried to track the average response time that, that the HRL or facilities management employee was able to respond to the request, but we found that we couldn't report that because some of the numbers were unreliable. We couldn't tell exactly when the reports were made. We could only see when they were assigned to a certain employee responsible for addressing those requests. So. Um, there was a lot more research that didn't make the story just purely because we, we couldn't verify everything. But it was a lot of work, but I think it is an important story. I think it matters to just about anyone on this campus, especially since most every student has lived or currently lives in a dorm room on campus. So it was a, it was a big story. So this isn't an entirely new issue. This has happened in the past, right? Yeah, so our the records we were finding were going back to 2017, but um, going back through old Herald stories, we found um, articles from 2002, 2003, and uh, 2015, which mentioned pretty, um, I guess, widespread issues of mold. Um, in 2002, it kind of focused on faculty members who were being moved out of their offices um, because of the mold, and in 2003, um, there were six students um relocated from their dorm rooms in Florence Schneider Hall um, because of the mold in those dorm rooms. Um, so this is, from those, we could tell that it wasn't really a new issue. So from a financial perspective, what is all of this going to cost? The university responded to us today and told us that between, there's three, there's three categories of costs here. The first one is the repair costs for Minton Hall and what it's going to cost to get that building ready for all these students to move back in for the spring by the time the spring semester starts along with the 
$1,000 credit they are giving to every Minton Hall resident who had to be relocated, which is 348 so $348,000 presumably are going to be credited to Minton Hall residents on their spring 2019 housing fees. And then any RAs, community assistance, or senior administrative residential assistance are going to get a $250 credit to their spring 2019 housing fees if they were assigned a roommate as a result of the relocation. So with all those things considered, the university said it will cost about $634,000 just just because of what happened last week with Minton. And so that's that's a good amount of, of money to come up with in middle of November. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you all. Joining us now is Herald reporter Emily DeLetter, who was able to follow a student as she was moving from Minton into another residence hall. So, Emily, could you tell us what not only what that student was going through, but what um, the general atmosphere was of all of the people moving? Sure. Um, so I shadowed a freshman from her. She was from Louisville and her name was Lily Breitenstein. Um, and she had moved into Minton and she was mostly just really stressed out through the whole experience. Um, she was separated from her roommate who she had met kind of randomly at the beginning of the semester when they were assigned together. And then they become really good friends in the process. And she her roommate had moved to PFT and she was reassigned to Rhodes um, in the Valley. And she had never actually been to that part of campus before. So, you know, the whole experience was kind of a new thing for her. And, you know, she was telling me a lot about how this was kind of a really inconvenient time in the semester um, because she was a nursing major. She had a lot of exams and studying she had to do. And it was just like another stressful thing she had to do during her weekend, which she had been planning to just, you know, do homework and study all weekend. So it was really hard for her. But mostly she just seemed like she was just kind of like, well, it's a thing that happens, I guess. I'm just going to accept it and, you know, see what I can do. Were you able to talk to anyone else? Yeah, I talked to a couple of students. a couple days before I kind of caught them as they were going in and out of Minton and a lot of them just kind of said the same thing that it was you know a bad time in the semester for them Um, you know everyone has exams and papers and you know that, that kind of thing coming up and it was just another added stress that they really didn't need. So as these students moved, um, did the housing department assist them at all? Yeah, they actually from what I saw it was a fairly organized kind of venture. Um, They provided cardboard large cardboard boxes and dollies to every student um, so they were able to load uh, most of their things like the student I shadowed she had two large cardboard boxes that had everything in her dorm that included her mini fridge so the only thing she carried was her betta fish because she didn't want to you know harm that but um, so she was able to move everything out through those boxes and then once she had kind of checked out of her room in Minton um, and gave her key over to the front desk they um, I think it was through housing residence life um, loaded the boxes onto trucks and then drove them over to roads where they were dropped off. So she didn't have to physically move any of her things besides from her room to the lobby. And then um, she actually also took a golf cart. They drove her in a golf cart from Minton to Rhodes. So, you know, it was, from what I could see, a pretty organized process. So, And you did reporting on this mold issue um, just in general, like you also helped the Herald comb through the records. Is there anything else that really struck you in your reporting? I would say one thing that really stuck out to me was just the sheer number of reports that we saw. Like the records we were able to look through only went to like last to November of 2017. So it really wasn't that long of a span of time considering how long, you know, people have lived in residence halls. And, you know, we combed through so many documents and hundreds and hundreds of mold reports and just less than a year alone. So that was really shocking to me. I did not expect that. Well, Emily, I appreciate your reporting and I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. Thank you. 
One of the students affected by the Mitten relocation is Sophie Austin. She is from Richmond and she's a freshman and she's an exercise science major. So Sophie, could you tell us um, what was going through your mind when they first told you um, that you guys would be relocated? Um, Yeah, I was really surprised when I learned that we were actually all gonna have to move out of Minton because there are rumors going around um, like on my floor about us having to move because of the mold but I didn't think that they were true I thought it was just like rumors and um, so when I figured out that we actually had to go I was really stressed out about having to pack all my stuff up and um, move to somewhere I didn't know uh, who I'd be moving in with or like where the dorm was gonna be when did they tell you you'd have to move? Um, they told us last Wednesday, uh, it was around 8 p.m. that they had um, an emergency floor meeting on each floor. And so I was at soccer practice that night and couldn't make it to the meeting. So I didn't. I found out that it was true um, because my roommate texted me from the meeting. And um, so, yeah. <laughs> so where did you end up? Um, I got put on the 22nd floor of PFT. And you were separated from your roommate? Yeah, I was separated from my roommate, but got put in a room um, with one of my friends that also lived in Minton, so that worked out well. And the university has offered as compensation a $1,000 credit towards housing next semester. Do you think that they did enough to make up for the inconveniences? Um. I think it was enough for me because the only like hard part for me was packing all my stuff up and moving this weekend, but um, I know a lot of people aren't happy with their rooming assignments and they have to stay in those for like the next five weeks. And so, yeah, like a lot of people that took in roommates and the different dorms were like upset because they had a private room and then they had to bring in like a random person. and. So I know that it's kind of awkward between some of the Minton people and their new roommates. So it might not really be enough for them because they have to live there for quite some time before they can move back to Minton. So. Well, Sophie, thank you so, so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you. This has been the Top of the Week podcast, a division of the College Heights Herald and Revolution 91.7. Until next Wednesday, check out Revolution 91.7's other podcasts, The Revolution Solution and Nickel and Dime, and the Herald's podcast, The Topper Extra. Have a great week.